Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik. There will be a time in the near future when AI will tell you how to train. Data collected today from your movements, your heartbeat, your sweat, and your sleep patterns will be sent from your watch or other wearable, and the machines will tell you if you should run or rest tomorrow. The stress you're having at work or the fight you just had with your spouse will carry as much weight with your monitor as your hard track workout or your long run. After all, the body responds to all stress the same way and your telltale heart speaks the loudest. Your heart rate or the beats per minute at rest and during exercise can be a key data point in the overall picture of your fitness. But it's the spaces between those beats, the silences, that speak volumes. Heart rate variability is the change in the gaps between each beat of your heart. HRV has been used in research since the 1960s and was likely discovered as early as the mid-19th century. We've learned that the changes in the length of space between heartbeats is a harbinger of changes in your physical and mental health. And we're now at a point where this very old metric will inform the training of the future. But I'll show you how you can use it today. Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. On today's show, we are going to explore how you measure and use heart rate variability to get the most out of your training and recovery. You'll learn what HRV is measuring and why, how and when to accurately track your HRV, and how to interpret the data because it's not as simple as some might think. I'll also share my personal opinions on whether you should even bother tracking yet another metric at all. And here's a quick spoiler, it's not for everyone. As always, if you need more help running your best, or if you want to know the basics of plant-based nutrition, you can order my book, The Planted Runner, Running Your Best with Plant-Based Nutrition, wherever you get books or request a copy from your local library. Or you can enter to win a copy for free just by writing an Apple Podcasts review. I choose a new winner every month. Don't forget to stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode for another Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. When you tell a non-runner that you run, eventually you'll get the response, I only run when I'm being chased. Of course, you fake a smile or even roll your eyes at this not funny comment because we're not being chased. We're the ones chasing. We're chasing numbers all the time, whether it's race time goals, training paces, or miles per week. A good training day could mean you hit all your 400 meter repeats within two seconds of each other without fading. And a good week could mean that you finally broke the 50 miles per week barrier. Our watches tell us our VO2 max number, the number of hours of recovery we need, and the performance rating number. Our egos, our sense of self-worth, and our pride fluctuate like our paces on a hilly run based on those numbers. But what if a data point could tell us if we're recovered enough to train harder? What if the spaces between your heartbeats could tell you if you needed to run easy today instead? 
That's the idea of HRV. HRV is a measure of the time gap between heartbeats, and it's usually assessed while resting or even sleeping. The heart accelerates during inhalation and slows down during exhalation, and the difference is known as HRV. Research has linked a high HRV, which is a more irregular time gap between the heartbeats, to positive adaptation and fitness, while a more regular or low HRV is linked to fatigue, overreaching, and overtraining. Let me say that again. High HRV is good. Low HRV is bad. Sort of. Let's see what the science says. In a recent study, researchers examined the effects of an eight-week HRV-guided running program on running performance. They took 40 recreational endurance runners and divided them into an HRV-guided training group and a traditional training group who worked out to a predefined training program. The timing of the HRV group's higher-intensity workouts were solely based on HRV readings measured every morning. If the subject's HRV was within a normal, acceptable range, higher-intensity workouts were programmed. If HRV fell outside of that range, low-intensity training was performed. After eight weeks, only the HRV-guided training group improved its performance in a 3K running trial, despite the fact that they had performed fewer moderate and high-intensity training sessions compared with the traditional training group. The researchers included that timing the intensity of your workouts based on your HRV readings resulted in better improvement than a set program that didn't take HRV into account. In other words, blindly following a training plan without taking into account how recovered and ready you are each day doesn't work nearly as well. Hmm, maybe having AI write your training plan every day based on your HRV readings is starting to sound better and better. Perhaps. Of course, if you'd like to have an actual human write you a custom training plan for you, I've got you. Head to theplantedrunner.com slash plans to learn more. Another cool thing HRV can help us with is solving the age-old question of volume versus intensity. Every runner out there has wondered whether running more or running harder is the right call in a training buildup. How is it possible that one runner can run 100 miles a week and another will top out at 50 and they'll both cross the finish line at the same time? We know that everyone is an individual and we respond differently to different stimuli. So researchers have used HRV to try to figure out who's who on the volume intensity scale. A 2015 study found that runners who had a higher HRV before the program started improved to a greater degree when they trained at high intensity. Meanwhile, those with a lower HRV responded better to a higher training volume rather than training intensity. This all sounds pretty awesome, right? With a quick, non-invasive test, you, or AI, can optimize your workout for the day and you'll nail that PR, right? Well, like everything in running, and AI. It's not quite as simple as that. After a quick break, I'll go over how to get better HRV accuracy for you and how to use HRV to train smarter. 
I'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but first I wanted to take a moment to talk to you about nutrition. You are an athlete, and that means most standard nutrition advice isn't meant for you. While most Americans are struggling with trying to eat less and move more, for most runners, it's the opposite. When you're training hard, getting in enough to support your training is the first goal. Getting high quality nutrition at the right time is the second. And that's why I love Nurify by Prevenex. It's the only plant-based protein powder that uses high quality brown rice and organic yellow peas that's smooth enough to dissolve in just water. It's so delicious that even my teenagers are blending it into smoothies for breakfast every day. So yeah, we go through a lot of Nurify around here. I'm happy they're starting the day off right with a perfectly balanced meal, and they're happy mom lets them make a milkshake for breakfast. Here's the cool thing. My friends at Prevenix are giving the Planted Runner listeners 15% off your first order of Nurify Plus with the coupon code PR15. So head to www.prevenex.com and use my code PR15 to get started today. That's prevenex.com and use my code PR15. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Welcome back to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik. The first thing to consider with heart rate variability is accuracy. The scientific studies I mentioned earlier used high-tech lab-quality equipment to measure HRV. That cute little Fitbit that you got your kid for Christmas, yeah, that's probably not really so accurate. The problem with wrist-based monitors is that they can be affected by too much movement of the arm, and the sensors have been built to fit into the watch design rather than specifically for measuring HRV. The hardware that's most accurate and that's available to the public is a high-quality chest strap. To make sure your HRV data can be accurately compared over time, it's crucial to create consistent test conditions that are repeatable. That means, as much as possible, taking readings in the same environment, same time of day, same body position, same activity level. 
The easiest way to do that is to test first thing in the morning, perhaps even before getting out of bed. And you don't just want to test on important days like workout days because adaptations are happening all the time. It's far better to be consistent so you can spot trends and not get overly concerned by a random off reading. But of course, your watch or your wearable can track you all the time, so you can spot those trends. You'll see the numbers go up and down based on your training and recovery. Remember, high is good and low is bad, right? Well, once again, not that simple. There are situations where you actually want your HRV to drop. Think of HRV as a measurement of stress load tolerance. If your HRV stayed high after an intense workout, that would mean you really didn't work out as hard as you thought you did. It's supposed to go down, telling you it's time to recover, adapt, and grow. So what you want is occasional and strategic drops in HRV with returns to normal or better. This helps let you know that you're adequately stressing your body for long-term growth and adaptation. Another time when a low HRV might be favorable is during a marathon taper. When you've gotten through a high volume of low to moderate intensity training, HRV can increase even as training load increases. Then when you start to taper before a race, HRV declines and can even sometimes dip below the starting point. The optimal drop in HRV during a taper is very individual, but it's generally acceptable and possibly even favorable for performance for HRV to temporarily drop during a taper. You've got to be in a recovery state in order to build. And of course, just as a low HRV is not always bad, a high HRV is not always good. Here are three times a high HRV is not an indicator you're ready for more training. Number one, certain mild illnesses or sicknesses will cause an elevated immune system response and can temporarily increase heart rate variability. This is good for recovery from the sickness, but should not be seen as an increase in health. Number two, HRV can be abnormally high if you're in a state of something called hyper-recovery, which can be caused by overtraining or other acute stress. When the body accumulates too much stress, whether it's from running or other factors, to the point where it can no longer effectively handle it, the body might force itself into a hyper-recovery mode as a last resort to protect itself. This state is not ideal for long-term health or performance. And number three, continuous low-grade stressors can cause HRV to be higher in the short term because the body is constantly trying to recover from them. If your HRV is high, but you frequently feel fatigued or drained, then you might be exposed to chronic low-grade stress that is constantly stealing energy and resources from your body. This is not ideal, and over the long term, if these accumulated low-grade stresses are not dealt with, they can eventually cause HRV and your health to decrease. One day that you should skip testing HRV is on race day. You're likely a little nervous and stressed, so the reading could be all over the place. Besides, the work is done at that point, so testing will not tell you anything that will help you during the race and might just freak you out. So what's my personal opinion of using HRV data in your training? 
Well, like all data metrics, it depends. If you love data, using HRV can help you make smart training decisions by encouraging you to rest when you need it and to work harder when you're ready if you really don't trust yourself to make those decisions on your own. But for other runners, measuring HRV just gives them another number to obsess about and tracking it can actually cause HRV to decline. If you're a person who gets triggered by the numbers on the scale or deflated by the times on the watch, tracking HRV is probably something you can just let go. Or you can just let it all go and let AI take care of all your training decisions for you. After all, this entire podcast was created with AI, and this isn't even the real Coach Claire talking. It's AI. I'm just kidding. It's really me. Or is it? And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is surround yourself with support. Unless your loved ones are as into running as you are, eventually they're going to get tired of hearing every last detail about your running. So surround yourself with people who won't. No, I'm not saying get rid of your family, but get involved in person or online with runners just like you. Nothing feeds a healthy habit more than being around those who practice it well and often. So to become a better runner, talk and run with other runners. Runners won't get sick of hearing about your workout splits, your running shoes, and what you ate for breakfast the day you got that big PR. Running can seem like a solitary sport, but with just a little effort, you can find a supportive community that can make all the difference. Of course, if you'd like to join my community, the PR team, we'd love to have you. Check out the details at theplantedrunner.com slash group. It's the sweet spot between DIY training and one-on-one -on -one coaching with an exclusive private podcast, and it's a lot of fun. Again, that's theplantedrunner.com slash group. Thank you for listening to The Planted Runner, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Don't forget that you can win a copy of my book for leaving an Apple Podcast review, so be sure to write yours right after your run today. Reviews are the number one way to boost this show's reach, and it's a great way to tell me what you'd like to hear next, because I read every single one. Have a great run today. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. <laughs>